Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. This may be an odd thing to confess, but I do not like Valentine's Day. I adore my husband, and I send up prayers of gratitude for our marriage often multiple times in a day. But I can't buy into Valentine's Day. I think it's gimmicky and unnecessary contrivance. Couples who love each other don't need to have some particular day designated to say so. We should do that every day. We don't need one official day on which romantic love is officially celebrated. I say all this because I have colleagues who feel pretty much that way about World Communion Sunday. Every Sunday is World Communion Sunday, reads a text from one of my very dearest colleagues. Yeah, no. We don't even celebrate communion every Sunday. And never mind that technicality, I just can't feel as dismissive of World Communion Sunday as I readily feel about Valentine's Day. Perhaps it's because I've been blessed to live overseas a couple of times. I even did my seminary internship in a church in Cape Town. So on any occasion when I am called to think upon folks around the world, I'm not thinking of photos in a magazine or on Instagram. I'm thinking of streets where I once lived, schools I once attended, even a congregation I once served. World Communion Sunday doesn't strike me as a gimmick because when I ponder that within this 24-hour period, people I care about on the far side of oceans, as well as all of us, here and there in the sanctuary, there online, all of us are partaking of the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. That connects me with parts of my life. But World Communion Sunday wasn't devised for me, though it was the brainchild of a Presbyterian pastor. Back in 1930, the moderator of our General Assembly, a man named Hugh Kerr, felt the need to strengthen connectedness between denominations, and he rightly saw that the sacrament of Holy Communion was the perfect expression of that holy unity. It was another three years before he and his stewardship team promoted World Communion Sunday as a way of bringing churches together. And then the idea really caught on during World War II when, in the words of Reverend Kerr's son, we were trying to hold the world together. Eighty years ago, the drive to hold the world together arose in response to the expanding threat of global warfare. Today, even as armed conflict continues, the threats that grip our world now include a global pandemic, as well as the global emergency of climate crisis. When it feels like the world's greatest commonality is dire stuff like that, I'm more grateful than ever 
for World Communion Sunday, not merely because it connects me with loved ones on the far side of oceans, but because it reminds me that our greatest commonality is, of course, God. And here, I wish I could talk about all of us, near and far, sharing the same experience of God. I wish I could talk about all of us feeling the love and acceptance of God, but we know that many feel excluded. I wish I could talk about all of us feeling the strength and healing of God, but we know that many feel weak and worn. I wish I could talk about all of us feeling the hope and peace of God, but we know that many feel only fear and pain. In fact, as I pondered human reality and rummaged through divine attributes, I've come to wonder if maybe the one thing we all, near and far, experience of God is mystery. Sometimes wonderful, sometimes fearsome. It's not cozy like love and peace and hope, but it is indisputable. And so I wonder if mystery is where we most faithfully stand on this World Communion Sunday. In today's scripture readings, we glimpse how our Jewish ancestors in the faith expressed the mystery of God. Chapters 38 through 41 of the book of Job, which Sue sampled for us, are designed to express the utter insignificance of human beings relative to the extraordinary unknowableness of God. God is the one who comprehends the expanse of the earth. God is the one who knows the dwelling of light. God is the one who makes a way for the thunderbolt. These mystic proofs of God's mystery pour forth for four awe-inducing chapters. The psalmist takes that awe and shapes it into a fuller exploration of the mystery of God's willingness to be in relationship with us, inconsequential though we may be. You see, inconsequential though we are, the psalmist says we have a special purpose in the world that God so loves. Psalm 8 opens and closes with a ringing declaration of God's global sovereignty and global majesty. Our Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth, all the earth, and beyond the earth. Because the psalmist continues that God's glory is above the heavens. And thus we reach the only appropriate response from any sensible human being. The humble question, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? What a mystery that God deems us worthy of relationship. Psalm 8 defines us as endowed by God with God's care and blessed by God with glory and honor, but also with finitude and insignificance. Mysteriously, God made us, inconsequential though we are, 
to be God's agents, God's stewards, entrusting us with this silver-blue jewel of a planet. That calling we have perverted, turning, to borrow one commentator's words, dominion into domination and rule into ruin. May God forgive us. And God does forgive us. That is the mystery of God we celebrate today. God has forgiven and reconciled us all through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which we commemorate in Holy Communion. There are countless expressions of the mystery of God. The psalmist's awe at the night sky is a good place to start, but it rolls on and on from there, as I hope you'll notice in today's communion liturgy. Still, the mystery that strikes me as most relevant to World Communion Sunday is that in Jesus Christ, the God who is so infinite as to evoke such awe from the psalmist, this same God chose not merely to be mindful of us and to care for us, but chose even to be present with us, to live among us as one of us, and to die for us. So the mystery of God is glory above the heavens, yes, and it is also right here. God's own self, broken for us, given for us, received by us, so that we might then share that loving mystery with the hungry world. Church, I am leaning heavily on the Holy Spirit right now, praying, as I bet that psalmist did, that despite the hopeless inadequacy of language, your souls will be stirred by this experience of God. This book is a key to my porousness to this sacrament. I first read it during my ordination process after a member of Presbytery's Committee on Preparation for Ministry all but derailed my ordination by challenging me during my examination. She said, Lee, you're saying all the right things. You certainly know the correct answers, but it seems that it's all in your head. I have no sense of how you feel about God. And I barely managed not to say, have you seen my GPA? <laughs> and I was thrilled that the prescription was a book. <laughs> but not just any book. This is truly the best articulation of the mystery of communion that I've ever found, and so I want to share with you a taste of Sarah Miles's Take This Bread. Miles, like me, was well into adulthood when she wandered into church one Sunday, ate the bread, drank the cup, and ended up finding faith and grace and calling amid mystery. 
She writes, I was, as the prophet said, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I found it at the eternal and material core of Christianity. Body, blood, bread, wine, poured out freely, shared by all. I discovered a religion rooted in the most ordinary yet subversive practice, a dinner table where everyone is welcome. Holy Communion knocked me upside down and forced me to deal with the impossible reality of God. The entire contradictory package of Christianity was present in the Eucharist. It reconciled, if only for a moment, all of God's creation revealing that without exception, we were members of one body, God's body, in endless diversity. At that table, sharing food, we were brought into the ongoing work of making creation whole. That, church, more or less, is why I'm here. And I suspect that it's why you're here. And it's why I can't be dismissive of World Communion Sunday. With such holy work to do, I want us reminded of a planet full of folks participating with us and with God in this holy mystery. As the psalmist once marveled to God, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, that you care for us? What are we? We are God's agents, God's stewards, nourished at God's table for the ongoing pursuit of God's loving will. What a mystery, and what a gift to share it with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.